Okay, well, we are going to do a one-off sermon today. Normally, we do series here when we do our talks on Sunday mornings. Uh, but this morning, we're going to do a one-off sermon. Uh, it's called The Contender. Uh, the Contender. And uh, I was in Philadelphia yesterday. Um, I took my little son to uh, a little museum uh, called the Police Touch Museum. Uh, it's a pretty cool place. If you're a germaphobe, stay away from it. But uh, it was a pretty cool place. Well, on the way there, we got stuck in traffic. And... Uh, uh, we uh, we drove by the uh, big art gallery with the Rocky Steps, and I saw the Rocky statue, so just had to go over, smile, you know, give some respect to Rocky um, over there. But it reminded me how much I love Rocky movies, and uh, some of you, you may be like uh, uh, a little young to remember some of the Rocky movies, and, uh, and if you've never seen a Rocky movie, then you are missing out, because it is Hollywood at its best, and uh, uh, he was a hero when we were growing up. We all wanted to be Rocky. Uh, but uh, we love the Rocky movies, and whether it's Rocky 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and then there was another one, then Creed just came out. I mean, it keeps, keeps going. It's like Sylvester Stallone never dies, and uh, he still will always be a fighter. But lo- love watching the Rocky movies. But this is what I love about the Rocky movies. It's so unrealistic. It's the fact this guy gets pummeled in the face more times than a punching bag, and he's on the canvas of the, of the boxing ring more times than, uh, than you know, just a, a newborn baby falls over. Uh, but yet, every time he gets back up, and he gets back up with his messed up face, and, uh, and then finally, he keeps persevering to win in the end. And if you've never seen a Rocky movie, he always wins, you know? He gets battered, but he wins. And I love the facts of watching these Rocky movies because there's just something amazing about somebody who gets knocked down but continues to get back up again and again. There's something amazing about someone who, 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 who gets punched in the face so many times where most of us, we would just be like, I give up, I'm tapping out. But somebody just keeps getting back up again and again. I love to hear of rags to riches story. Or I love to hear of stories of people who lost everything, but then they came back stronger to get back everything what they had lost. There's something about them that their, their passion to, for the fight, their passion to keep fighting and keep going and not give up, there's something that motivates us and motivates others to want to do it. So when you see someone who is an inspiring figure, someone who maybe has lost everything but kept going and got back up, they're inspiring and you want to be around those people. Musicians are just like that. They love being around people who are a little better than them. They won't say it to you, but you can just see when they find that there's musicians around who are a little better than them or a little bit more skilled, suddenly they start to like, oh, i got to be like that. And just between us kids this morning, there's some times when we've had some guest musicians come in, and I remember one guy came in, and everybody was just like, whoa, he's really good. Really good. And you could just tell the bands, and sorry, band, I don't want to embarrass you, but you could just tell the band that morning they were just like, I'm going to play as good as I've ever played before. Because there's just something about being around somebody who, who may be just a little bit better or has that will to fight. You see it with sports people all the time. Why is it that people who are just very mediocre at sports, when they come against someone who's really good, they want to up their game? They want to get better. They, they, they want to fight more. They want to fight for it more. Uh, salesmen are like this as well. You know, you can have someone who's a great salesman, but you get around a bunch of people who are better salesmen than them, and suddenly there's this spark within them that they want to sell more. 
because we get kind of almost competitive. And there's something inspiring about being around people who have this fight to be better than what they already are. This fight within them when they get knocked down to keep getting back up. And many of you are here this morning, and you may not even know it, but you are inspiring others. For you are in a fight, and some of you do not even know it. Some of you have been knocked down, and you did not realize that when you got back up, everyone else around you started taking notice and was like, wow, they got back up. And you, your life, because you keep fighting away and you keep grinding away and you keep persevering away, you are inspiring others. However, there are some of you that you may be here today and there are some of us who aren't here today. That unfortunately, you've been punched in the face by the fight of life and you're laying on the canvas and you just can't get back up. And you feel, I just cannot go in this faith anymore, in this journey of faith. I can't, I can't go on in this marriage anymore. I, I, I can't go on in, in this career anymore. I can't go on in this ministry anymore. I can't go on in, in, in just living a life for God. It's just, it's too painful. It's too hard. And so this morning, if you have ever been in a fight then this message is for you this morning. So I want to turn you in the Bible to the book of 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6. And this is what it says at the very beginning of 1 Timothy 6 verse 11. It says this, But you, Timothy, are a man of God, so run from all these evil things. So here... There's a guy called Timothy who is a pastor, a young pastor of a church, and he has been told by the author of Timothy, which is his mentor, the Apostle Paul, he's been telling him, Timothy, you are a godly man. You are a man who loves God, who serves God. Now run from all these evil things. Now you may say, well, what are the evil things? Well, just prior to that, the Apostle Paul warns Timothy that there are people who are going to come into his church and they're going to try to contradict the things that he teaches. They're going to try to go around and tell people, well, what he's actually saying is not right. And they're going to try to give false theologies and false teachings to others. And he says, they're going to come in and they're going to upset the unity of the church. These are going to be unhealthy Christians, unhealthy people. And if they persevere and if they win the fight, then the results in the church is going to be jealousy and divisions and trouble. And these people are going to use other people in the church for their own advantage. And so Paul tells Timothy, Timothy, you are a godly man. So you need to fight against these evils that are coming against you and are coming against your church. And then Paul continues to teach Timothy. He says that the lure, or, or the lure of wealth is a fight that we often do not even know that is happening. But avoid seeking wealth as a way to find contentment. And what was happening in Timothy's church at the time, people were trying to get wealthy to be happy. And so this morning, if you've ever had anyone oppose you for anything, then this message is for you. Or if you've ever said, if I just had blank, I would be happy in life. Then this message is for you as well. So let's continue reading. 1 Timothy 6 11 and 12. So, so Timothy, you are a man of God, so run from all these evil things. Then he says this, pursue righteousness and a godly life, along with faith, 
love, perseverance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the true faith. Hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you, which you have declared so well before many witnesses. So right here, we are told that there is a fight. Timothy is told to fight the good fight for your faith. Fight the good fight of your faith. In your life right now, in your faith, you are in a fight, and many of you do not even know it. Many of you, you're like, I'm passive. I don't like fighting. I grew up in England. It was like a fighting culture. There was a fight every day at school. But some of you, you're like, I don't like fighting. It doesn't matter. You are in a fight. If you are a follower of Jesus, you are in a fight. But this is what I know. If we know what we are fighting for, then we have a much better chance of winning our fight. See, some people, they're in a fight. They don't even know what they're fighting for. Some people just get on the bandwagon of other people's fights, but they have no idea what they're fighting for. When problems come, they, they lose their fight because they don't know. But if you know what you are fighting for, then you have a much better chance of winning your fight. This is what I know right now. Churches all over America are in a fight. They're in a fight. And this is what they're in a fight with. They're in a fight with our culture. And the demands that our culture puts on people And those demands are so much that at the end of the week, they have nothing left for God. Because the demands to become wealthy or the demands to have a good house and the demands to drive the right car or the demands to go to the right school or the demands to to marry the right person or to have the right amount of kids and then put those kids in every kind of sport that you could ever imagine. The demands of our culture are fighting with your faith so much so that so many of us do not even have enough left for God at the end of the week. But this is what I know. When we first come to faith in Jesus Christ, there is something incredible that happens within our lives. When you come to faith in Jesus Christ, it's not just that you come and you say a prayer or you ask God to forgive you of your sins or depending on what church you came to faith in Jesus Christ, they may give you a certificate or may put you in a class. It's not, it's not about going through the waters of baptism, even though that's an important part of your faith. What happens when you came to faith in Jesus Christ is this. Something incredible happens within you for God started to change your life. And your life started to change from the inside out the moment you decided to make Jesus Lord of your life. 2 Corinthians 5.17 tell us this. This means that anybody who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and the new has begun. And so if you are a believer in Jesus Christ this morning, then there has been a, a moment in your life where you have become a new person. A new person and God is changing you from the inside out. And as God changes you, the old nasty sinful life goes and the new life in Christ comes. And this is what happens when God starts to change your life. Suddenly, the fire and the flame of God starts to burn within your heart and your soul. And when you become a believer in Jesus Christ this morning... God starts to ignite a light within you. If you, any of you are like allergic to smoke, I apologize. This is what happens this morning. When you become a Christian and believer in Jesus Christ, 
the flame of righteousness starts to burn in your life. And God starts to change you. And you start to burn within you of righteousness. So what does righteousness mean? It means to be right with God. In good standing with God. It means you have access to God. Relationship with God. And so Jesus starts to change you. And the flame of righteousness starts to burn within you. And then after you are right with God, then God, Jesus continues to work. And what Jesus does in your life, he starts to ignite another flame. And it's called the flame of holiness. And the flame of holiness starts to burn within you. To be holy means to be set apart, to be different. And you became a new person, a new creation in Jesus Christ. And when you did that, then God set you apart and you became different from your friends and your family who do not know Jesus. You're different from your co-workers. The Bible says that we are in this world, but we are not of this world. Because Jesus has made us a new person who does not really belong in this world, that we belong in heaven with God. But we start to become holy in the things that we used to find attractive or used to give us pleasure, may not give us as much pleasure anymore because now we find that there is more attraction and pleasure in Jesus Christ's holiness. And then after that, after holiness, then Jesus starts to ignite another flame in our hearts. And that flame is the flame of faith. It's the flame of faith. And, and, And that means you start believing in God even though you don't see God. You start trusting that Jesus has your back, and Jesus is going to do things for you that he promised, even though you cannot see him and you cannot see them. And as Jesus starts working, that flame of faith starts to grow. And you start believing in God for the impossible. And other people think you're crazy because they can't see God, they can't feel God, but there's something within you. It's called the flame of faith that starts to burn within you. And then what faith results in, Starts, Jesus starts to burn the flame of love within you. And so the flame of love starts to burn and you become this raging inferno within you because now you are righteous, you are holy, you have, you have faith. And now love is started to be created and you start finding this passionate love for God and you start seeing that there is love for others, not love that Hollywood says, not love that you see on Facebook, but real love, real organic love that goes beyond the surface, love that changes lives, love that lays down its life for others. And that's the love that Jesus starts to burn within you. And then Paul tells Timothy, there's another flame that God starts to burn within you. And as Jesus changes you, and as you start to go through this faith and living this life of faith, suddenly perseverance becomes a very real thing in your life. And you go through tough times in life. And, and maybe you go through heartache. And maybe you go through unanswered prayers. But you know it's fine because you've got faith in God. And Jesus has got it. So you will persevere. And you will persevere to the end. And you know that you can keep going. No matter if it hurts. No matter if it's painful. You can keep going. And then finally, the flame that Jesus starts to burn within you is the flame of gentleness. Not some wee, wimpy, weak kind of, hey, I'm a Christian. But the gentleness of being gentle of your spirit. Being gentle to others, knowing that they are also sinners in need of a Savior. That they are also people 
who God loves dearly. And as you love people, and as you persevere, you will find that you start to become a little bit more gentle with people. And so this flame starts burning within you. And as we develop in our faith, these flames, they start, they change us. They make us stronger and stronger and stronger in our faith. However, there's a problem. We are in a fight. And, and if we weren't in a fight, then, then, then we would be like this big bonfire that's burning with passion for God. But the problem is we're in a fight. And do you know who we're in a fight with? We're in a fight with the spirit of this world. And the spirit of this world hates the fact that you are righteous with God. It hates the fact that you have relationship with God. The spirit of this world hates the fact that you are becoming more and more holy by the day. That the things that used to grip you, the vices that used to grip you, they've gone. That you are being changed by God. And the spirit of this world hates the fact that you are becoming holy. The spirit of this world hates the fact that you have faith in an unseen God. It's not just think that you're crazy. The spirit of this world hates the fact that you have faith in God. The spirit of this world hates the love that God is generating within you. It hates the fact that you love God and now there's people that you used to look at and you used to be disgusted with. Now you love them. And the spirit of this world hates that. The spirit of this world hates your perseverance. It wants to knock you out like Mike Tyson used to knock people out in the 80s. If you're asking who Mike Tyson is, I'm sorry. But it wants to knock you out because it hates the fact that you can persevere in your faith. And the spirit of this world hates the fact that when you see other people, you are not angry towards them. You, you, you are not nasty towards them, but you have a gentle spirit. You resonate with the sin within them. And you know that they are a sinner in need of a savior. And you are gentle towards them because of that. And the spirit of this world is in a place where it hates you. Now, hate is a strong word. And we advise our kids never to say the word hate, right? We say, don't use that word because it's a nasty word. But the reality is, it is such a severe word. And I do not use it lightly this morning. But there is a spirit in this world that hates you. Hates you. And while love brings peace, hate brings turmoil and fight. And so this is what happens. This is what the spirit of this world starts to do with you. It starts to come to you in a passive aggressive way. And it starts to come to you and it starts to say, you know what? That person, they're a nasty person. I know you're gentle in spirits towards them, but that person, they've done you wrong. That person, they've cheated you. They've hurt you. They've said some nasty things about you. And suddenly it starts to get in your head. And maybe you start to speak to other people about it. And other people say, yeah, just don't even associate yourself with that person. And this is what the spirit of the world is doing. It is doing this to your flame. It's going. And the flame that God is trying to resonate within you and develop within you suddenly is burnt out by the spirit of this world because it hates you. And then the spirit of this world comes along and you're stuck on a Monday morning in your job and you hate it. And you're like, why can't I get a better job? Or you're, you're, you're in a place where you, you keep getting unanswered prayers. 
and you just say, I can't keep going anymore. I can't keep living like this. Or you, you, you're in a marriage where you just, you, you feel stuck and you see other things around. And you're like, that looks so much better than what I have at home right now. And you start listening to the spirit of this world. And maybe that spirit of this world, it's coming through TV and internet because they talk about that all the time. But do you know what it's doing? That flame, that God is developing in you. The spirit of this world has just come and it's just giving you a sucker punch and no more perseverance. Then the spirit of this world, it will come to you and it will say, you know what? Yeah, love everybody. Love everybody, you know? Peace, man, peace, not war. Love everybody. But you know what? Don't love the people who have a different color skin than you. Don't love the people who vote for a different political party than you. Don't love the people who are against guns or for guns. Don't love the people who now commit crimes. Don't love the person who cheated you. Don't love the person who, who, who betrayed your trust. Don't love them. They are not deserving of love. And it starts to speak into us. And suddenly that flame that God is bringing with this, that we would love God and love others, suddenly the flame is gone. And then the spirit of this world will come. And it will come to us. And it will say, you know what? God cannot be trusted. Why are you trusting in something you can't see? Why are you trusting in something that you can't hear? Why are you trusting in in, in something that just isn't pulling through for you? You need to trust in the tangible things of this world. Look, God said he would provide for you, but you're broke at the end of every paycheck every week. And this is what the world is doing with your faith. And the flame that God is trying to develop and change within you, that it burns, it's being blown out. And the same is true, not only for love and for faith, but for holiness. Because the spirit of this world will say this, it says it's okay to dabble. It's okay to to, to do what you want. It's okay, as long as it feels good to you, it's okay to do it. Because the spirit of this world will say, you are part of us not part of God, and suddenly as we start believing that, suddenly the holiness within us goes. And then finally, after we've got no more gentleness, and we've got no more perseverance, and love has disappeared, and faith has long gone, and now we're no longer even living a life for God. Now we're not even in relationship with God anymore. And while Jesus hasn't left us, we've left him. So this is what happens. So then every week, then life just keeps throwing us punch after punch. And maybe it's in your marriage, or maybe it's in your finances, or maybe it's in your career, or maybe it's in your, or, or in your doubt, or maybe it's in your anxiety, or maybe it's in your emotions, or maybe your kids are just burning you out because kids can do that. Maybe it's your boss. This is what happens. We come on Sunday morning and we come and get our Jesus fill. And then Jesus starts making a flame within us again. And we come to the altar and we come to the place where we start to believe in Jesus. And we're like, okay, I got my Jesus fill. They played my favorite worship song at church that day. The preacher was actually kind of good. And so suddenly the flame of God starts burning again. But then the weeks go by. And the same thing happens again 
and again. And Paul tells Timothy to fight the good fight of faith. Notice he says the good fight. There's some fights you should be fighting. There's some fights you should not be fighting. And the fight for your faith is a noble fight you should be fighting. It's a William Wallace kind of Braveheart kind of fight. Just without any kilts. (laughs) The fight for your faith is one you should be fighting. Does anyone feel like they're in a fight today? You feel like you're in a fight. You feel like life is just sometimes just beating you up. You feel like Monday morning you're full of Jesus and then by 11 o'clock Jesus has left the building. You know, you feel like, like, like you've got this thing going and you feel like you've got your finances in control and then suddenly your kid comes home with a broken leg, you know? It's like, oh, again, and you feel like you're in a fight, and you feel like the wind of the Spirit is just blowing you out again and again. But this is what I want to tell you this morning. Because you have eternal life, and you, and you will also, because you have eternal life, you will also have to contend against the spirit of this world, for the spirit of this world hates you and hates the Jesus within you. It hates you. It's not your friend. To contend means to struggle, to overcome, to engage in a fight to win. And Paul tells Timothy, you've got to contend in this war. You've got to contend in this war to fight. Fight the good fight for your faith. But this is what I know today. In your fight, some of you, you may feel like the winds are blowing and it's blowing out. And the flames of God are blowing out. And you feel your kids are just all over the place. And you feel that the money is running out. And you feel like the wife or the husband just doesn't listen or love you anymore. And you feel like your boss is an idiot. And you've got nothing left. This is what I want to tell you today. There is victory available in your fight. You can have victory over the fight of this world. Through Jesus Christ, you can contend to win and actually win. And so just in the very quick closing moments today, I want to tell you exactly how Paul told Timothy to win. And I am not going to blow your mind with this this morning. I'm just going to tell you. It's so basic. But yet it's something that we rarely do. The first thing is this. If you want to win against the fight for this life, then obey the commands of Scripture. Obey the commands of Scripture. Sounds so basic, right? So generic. But this is what Paul says to Timothy. 1 Timothy 6.13 And I charge you before God who gives life to all and before Christ Jesus who gave a good testimony before Pontius Pilate that you obey this command without wavering then no one can find fault with you from now until our Lord Jesus Christ returns again. So one of the ways that we win in this fight, when God starts to change us, let's obey the commands of Scripture. What the Bible actually says. I said earlier on that this world, this church in America is in a fight within our world because the demands of people's time, they have nothing left now for God. And this is what I see. This is one area that I see that we are not obeying the commands of Scripture. And I see it in churches all over the world. I even see it in our church as well. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 10, 20, 
24 to 25, to think about ways to motivate each other to love and good deeds and not neglect our gathering together, for in doing so, many have neglected their faith. That's a command of scripture, not neglect our gathering together. 30 years ago, the average churchgoer, and I mean churchgoer, not Christmas, Easter kind of churchgoer. I mean, regular person who was engaged in a church. Average churchgoer went once a week, right, to church. Do you know what that average is now? Once every three weeks. Average churchgoer. Let me tell you, there's many reasons why people don't go to church or may not be able to make it to church. And I'm not saying that coming to Sunday, uh, coming to church on Sunday is your answer to everything. But gathering together with other believers is an important part of the Christian faith. And this is what happens. When you fail to gather, most of you, some people say, well, Joel Osteen's igniting my faith. You know, on TV, Joyce Meyer's igniting my faith because I watch it on TV. The reality is for 99.9999% of people who are not making it to church on Sunday, there is nothing that is igniting their faith. And so the winds of this culture are blowing their faith out. And do you know what it's doing? It's causing us to lose the good fight of faith. Obey the commands of Scripture. The second thing that, that Paul tells Timothy, I told you it would be generic and I'm not going to blow your mind this morning. He says this, do not trust in money. Do not trust in money. 1 Timothy 6, 17 to 19 says this, teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need. Always be ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasures as a good foundation for the future so they may experience true life. Do not trust in money. You will never find true, authentic life in trusting in money. For the Christ follower... You will never experience the true fullness of Christ unless your, money's on, uh, your views on money change. If you are storing money for yourself because you think you're going to lose it or you want to gain more because you think it will make you happy, you are losing the good fight of faith. Did you know Christ is your provider, not your courier? And we may agree with that this morning because we know Jesus is our provider. But many of us, including myself at times, we live like our career and our boss and our employer is our provider. Christ is our provider. Do we need to work? Yes, absolutely. I do not like lazy people. But when we trust in our employer more than we trust in Christ, we start to lose the fight. That is one of the ways that the culture is blowing out the flames that God is igniting within you. When we hold on to money in fear that we will lose it or we will not have enough, we start to lose the fights. Our culture wants you to become dependent on money. Look how many credit card things you get in the mail every single week. Sign up for this one. Sign up for that one. Because our culture wants you to, be, to become dependent on money. 
But when you start to trust in God over trusting in money, you start to see the victory in the good fight of faith. And the flame that God starts to ignite starts to burn. And finally this morning, watch your conversation. Obey the command of Scripture. Don't trust in money. Watch your conversation. 1 Timothy 6 verse 20 says this, Timothy, guard what God has entrusted to you. Avoid godless, foolish discussions with those who oppose you with their so-called knowledge. Some people have wandered from the faith by following such foolishness. May God's grace be with you all. So many people engage in conversations they should never be engaged in. It is okay to walk away from a conversation. It's okay sometimes to be rude to people who are engaging in conversations that they shouldn't. Jesus tells us in Matthew 12 that out of the mouth, the heart speaks. It means if you want to look at someone's heart, look at what's coming out of their mouth. I'll also say, I think it goes the other way as well. What your mouth says will ultimately corrupt your heart. What your mouth says will ultimately corrupt your heart. Gossip, being argumentative, cussing, being rude, telling vulgar stories, or just being plain unkind and nasty with your mouth has the ability to throw a punch in the face of your faith and knock you out. Watch your conversation. Just because you hear it doesn't mean you should say it. My son's favorite word right now is this. Dad, stop it. Stop it. I'm like, Evan, you do not talk to your mother or father like that. He's like, just stop it. Moses, when I'm playing drums, he's like, Dad, just stop it. It's putting us off. But it's stop it. And do you know where he heard that from? He heard it from us. Because he would be like doing something he shouldn't have. And we'd be like, Evan, stop it. So he starts repeating what we say. We're rookie parents, I'm telling you. But he's a child. And we give him the grace as much as we can when he says stuff like that. But the reality is we're adults. We're adults here this morning. And we know better. And when we find ourselves saying things our mother would not want us to hear, or our grandmother, because some of your mothers are saying it as well, or in the middle of conversations that are not honoring to God, it is not because we're stuck in the middle of that environment. It's because we've allowed ourselves to enter into those conversations. If we can get a handle on our mouth, be selective with our conversations, then do you know what? The good fight of faith is yours. And so very quickly this morning, and I really hope this works because it didn't work beforehand, but it may work right now. So this is what happens. When you start to obey the scriptures, when you start to trust in God and not in money, when you start to watch your conversation, your life may not look as attractive to others as what you, may, as what you would want. You may not have the big house. You may do. You may, not. you may not have the car that you always wanted. You may not have the career that you wanted. You may not have the circle of influential friends that you're looking at. Your life may look really dull to some people. But when God starts to light your life, the flame starts to burn. And when the flame starts to burn within you, when the culture of this world and the spirit of this world starts to come and blow, 
It blows it out. And it didn't work. That's what happens when you get candles from party city people. But this is what those candles are. They're magic candles. My mom used to play tricks on us all the time. We used to dislike us so much for every birthday. We couldn't eat the cake until the candles were out. What these candles are supposed to do, they reignite. And they reignite, and when you blow them out, it doesn't stop the candles. The candle lights up again. And this is what happens when you start to obey the scriptures, not trust in money, trust in God. You start to watch your conversation. When the spirit of this world starts to blow, you don't have to wait till you get to church to reignite it. You don't have to wait till you just hear a good sermon or hear a good worship song to do it again. Because what happens, the, the fire within you is like a rage inferno. And no matter what this wind of, the, of this culture starts to blow, it cannot defeat you because the fire just starts to rekindle again. And ultimately, it starts to to, to burn and get stronger and stronger. So you are in a battle. You are a contender in this fight for faith. And the fight takes place in all different places. It affects all different areas of your life. And the wind of this world is trying to blow it out. But this is what I know. If you fight the good fight of faith, obey the scriptures. Trust God, not money. Watch your conversation. This is what I know. That fire will burn. And the fight will be yours. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Just while your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed this morning. Just very quickly. We're going to just sing one more worship song. I'm not going to just take long this morning. But if that was for you this morning. If you know that you're losing in the fight for your faith, if you know you're losing in the fight for your marriage or in the fight for your children, or you're losing in the fight for holiness, or you're losing in the fight for love or faith, or in the fight for perseverance or gentleness, if you know that your relationship with God is on the rocks right now, then in this moment, just before this service ends, let the fire of God just ignite your heart again. Just open up your heart to Jesus and say, yes, Jesus, I am a new creation. The old is gone. The new is here. Ignite my heart again with a passion for you. And let it be a flame that will not be extinguished. But let me be able to fight the good fight of faith against the the winds of this culture. For I know, Lord Jesus, that I'm not part of this world, that my home is heavenward. And it is in you we trust. It is in you we have faith. In you we have salvation. It is through you that we love. And so, Father, today, let the flame of your Spirit ignite my heart again as I serve you. I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together.